Well, hello, this is our third in our talk with TT in the beginning of January 2021, and I'm delighted to welcome Chris Chapman. Welcome, Chris. Hi, Terry. Um, Good to see you. Chris has been part of the church for many years. I think he had shorts on when he uh, was part of the church. Um, but tell us, Chris, about um, your family, because you've got quite a large family. Yes. So uh, my wife is Jane and we have four grown up children, uh, Jack, Harry, Ella and Oliver. And they have four partners, uh, Gina, um, and uh, I have to get these in the right order. Um, Lily and um, they would all come to me in a minute. Oliver and I must remember John. Get it all right. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's a big family and uh, we have good times together. So at the moment, it's a bit of a struggle not seeing them. Yeah, because they're spread out, aren't they? Across the world, some of them. Yes. Yeah. So Harry last week with Lily flew back to uh, Boston in America, uh, where he's finishing off his studies uh, this year. And uh, Jack and Gina are based up in Lincoln. And um, Ella and Ollie are based in Leeds. And at the moment, we just have young Oliver at home with us. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, there are well-scattered family. Yeah. And Jane's very much part of the church in terms of lunch club, pastoral sort of... And Bright Sparks yeah. and sort of being actively involved in various ministries uh, during the week. That's great. And you are our church treasurer, which we are very grateful for. <laughs> the man yes. with the money. <laughs> yeah, so for I suppose the last four or five years now, I've been a church treasurer and church officer. Um, and it, it's, it's two roles. I think a lot of people think of me as the church treasurer. And yes, the money is an important aspect of it but also as a church officer and the responsibility that that brings mm. and that providing support to you and Cole as part of the ministers uh, on a regular basis and supporting the leadership team through the various decisions we take. So, yes, money to a, money and the church finances, mm. but it's a, uh, a, a wider brief than that. Absolutely. We're really grateful for that. You bring a spiritual lens to all of that. Okay, so um, I've got some four questions for you. You've had a time to think about them. And the first question which I'm asking everyone is if you could invite to dinner four people uh, with us or deceased, who would they be and why? Right. I've given this a bit of thought. Um, at the moment, it naturally would be being able to have my children back home and their partners, as I've already said. Um, but I think after that, I think you get to certain stages in life. And at the moment, two of the people that I'd like to have back around my table would be my mother and father. Yes. And I find that they both died a few years ago. And you do miss your parents mm. after they have died. Mm. And um, I probably want my mum to be the age I am now. Mum struggled with a major stroke in the latter years of her life and it would be good to be able to sit with her and my dad and just talk over how they viewed the world mm. at that time and the whole of the family going back that previous generation yes um so they would be two of my guests 
Yeah. And the other two at the moment, and I think your dinner guests do change from time to time. And currently I'm reading a book um, which is entitled The Lost Message of Paul by Steve Chalk. Steve Chalk is a Baptist minister in Waterloo, London. And he's also been involved in an organisation called Oasis Charitable Trust. And I've met Steve briefly two or three times, um, but I wouldn't really know him. But I know quite a bit about his organisation, Oasis, and I've been involved with them for oh, the last 25, 30 years. And it would be interesting to have Steve because he's looking at various aspects of the messages of Paul. And mm. um, one of the aspects he looks at is my baptismal text. And my baptismal text, which happened 40-odd years ago at Coach the Baptist Church, was, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And that's Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 9. And one of the things in the book that Steve asks us to consider is the Greek translation of the word pistis, and whether it is faith or should it be faithfulness. And that's quite an interesting thought to, to mull over and to consider. Yeah. So it would be good to have Steve Chalk and Paul around the table to understand these Greek meanings and what was really meant by them at the time. Fascinating, fascinating. So a great book, I'd highly recommend. I will try and write a review for the Focus magazine. Please do. The Lost Message of Paul by Steve Chalk. <clears throat> Wonderful, really interesting. And it, it, I mean, in terms of faith and faithfulness, we're being tested in many ways, aren't we, across the globe? And we are. That, that's a really poignant message. Which leads me on to my second question, which is what have you learnt about faith and life in the year COVID 2020? What would be the extracts you could mine from it? I think faith and life has been a real struggle at times during this period. It's not been easy. And I think anyone who says it's been straightforward I'm not convinced. I think we have all been through dark times, whether that's hours or days when it has been a real struggle. Mm. I think it reminds us that the Christian faith is for the long haul. Mm. Yeah. It is over the long journey. Yeah. Um, but I also think we can look at the beauty of the relationship we have with God. So I'm someone who enjoys running or jogging now, I suppose I would put it down as. <laughs> and that's the time for me to pray yeah. often. When I'm out, I'm not someone who puts the headphones on. I'm someone who observes, looks around the streets I'm running. So you live near me and you're walking locally and you're out early mornings. I'm an early morning runner. You might see me jogging about in the local parish area here. Um, I suppose the other thing I would draw is the beauty of our church family. Mm -hmm. um, we're not a community church, but we are a church in the community. Mm -hmm. And there are lots and loads of acts of kindness and blessings that are happening every day. 
Yeah. And we don't see them. We occasionally see a little glimpse of something. We might hear a snippet. Mm. But there are such beautiful things that are going on yes. in God's name day by day yeah. during this tough time mm. um, that are absolutely astounding. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Um, you're reminding me of um, an American television program. We would have been very young when it was on. Um, it's a Beautiful Neighbourhood with Fred Rogers. And uh, he was actually trained as a Presbyterian minister in America. And he, mm -hmm. he had this program. And uh, it reminded me the other day, and you're reminding me too, about this acts of kindness, about making goodness fashionable again. And uh, mm. William Wilberforce of our own sort of British parliament also had that um, notion of, of kindness. Um, that's great. So in terms of, so prayers very, has been very valuable to you and it's great to hear you're keeping physically fit as well as spiritually fit. You also perspective about the long journey and recognizing the beauty of God um, in what's around us, but also in other people. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's special. Okay, let's do this. Sometimes some people are challenged with my third question. If there were three pieces of advice you could offer your 30-year-old self, what would it be? Don't After, just going back to my baptismal text, interesting to look at verse 10 which speaks, yep. and this is in Ephesians 2 again, but we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And just thinking that through and thinking about examples of that, and it took me back three or four years ago when I attended church one Sunday morning and you were there preaching. And I had a lady come up to me, Yvonne Lee, after the church, and said after the service, and it was at a time when we didn't have a senior minister, and she said to me, he's good, he would fit in really well here. And I had done a couple of things with you, Terry, but I didn't really know you that well. I think the only thing I knew about you, that you enjoyed golf. <laughs> that was one of the things I knew about you. And a few weeks later, I had an opportunity to arrange a game of golf with you. And Mark, who at the time was the moderator at the church, and was helping us try and find a new senior minister. And after the game, we were in the clubhouse. And I can't remember if it was Braintree or Channels, but it was one of the local golf courses. And I remember sharing with you that you were wanted and you were loved by this church community called Colchester Baptist Church. Mm. And at the time, I didn't know why I was saying that to you and what was going on in your life or anything. But I believed God laid that on my heart. Mm. And that was the message for you at the time, that you were wanted and loved, and that was unconditional. Now, you could say, that, is that a coincidence? Or is that Ephesians 2, verse 10? Mm. Um, and many people will know how that journey has then progressed with you becoming so much more involved with Colchester Baptist Church and your role in helping us bring Paul into the church, which has been wonderful over the last 
two or three years. Mm, mm. But from that little start of a conversation, how things then, and I was only a very small part of a jigsaw, and we don't see the full puzzle. Yes, absolutely. That's a really a special thing. Thank you for sharing that about the seedlings of being available to God and having the courage to say things that perhaps sometimes we hold back on saying. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and perhaps we don't know why we're being asked to say things yeah. or do things. Uh, and what and where does that fit in? Mm. We don't see the full picture. Mm. And sometimes we only see a bit more of it and it's a little bit more is disclosed as years go by. Yes, yeah. So is that something, you know, in your life, you're really pursuing that sort of unfettered, uh, adventurous spirit of just being, sharing what God lays on your heart and with others? Yeah, I think there are times when God uses you, when you are close, and there are a season when God will say, this is where I want you to be or to do something. Mm. I don't know necessarily it's a constant, but there are times when God uses you for a particular purpose. Yeah, yeah. And that can be a very short piece. It can be a longer piece yeah. of ministry. And it's just being open to God and listening to what God is saying to you mm. uh, and understanding that. Yeah. And just being available for that ministry and whatever that is yeah yeah thank you chris that's wonderful okay should we move to our final question um yes yeah well that would be uh do you want to roll on the uh that's talking about the vision of the church yeah so as church treasurer what is your vision for cbc over the next five years which is a hard thing to quantify, isn't it? But you're good at quantifying facts and figures. and Yeah, yeah. Whether doing numbers and facts and figures is the real vision. Um, I think it's, for me, the vision is about giving people capacity and perhaps going back to the previous question, it's also about understanding individuals people's ministries mm. sometimes we don't always appreciate people's ministries um I, as i was looking through these questions i was thinking about a dear friend that we lost or was called home last year in in june dawney mm. and june i'd known for many years and her children are a similar age to me and about 25 years it may have been longer her husband died stanford and after that, she became involved in the crèche. Mm. And every Sunday, used to run the church crèche. Mm. And, and, and very rarely came into a church service, but saw her ministry of running this Colchester Baptist Church crèche. Mm. And what that did for young mums. And as someone who sits in the gallery normally when we're at church, I would see these young mums come and sit on these hard wooden pews who were tired and they would be able to sit there for an hour and they would either take in the service or they would doze happily but know that they were at peace. And sometimes some of these mission um, ministries might appear unfashionable, shall I say, or not really cutting edge. 
but they are extremely important. And I think sometimes, perhaps looking at this last question, we have a number of people who I'm sure God is speaking to with visions. And it is about us allowing those visions to come through. Yeah. Some of them will be front of house and very much at the front. But some of these ministries are very quiet, unassuming, and just take place day by day. And for us as leaders, it's encouraging those ministries and enabling them and giving capacity for that to happen. And I think as I become older in leadership, sometimes it's standing back and allowing others to become more involved. Um, for that to happen, it's important. Mm, absolutely. So you're kind of uh, provoking my thinking. Uh, Zechariah talks about the the day of small things. And it doesn't mean belittling small. It means recognizing the unseen, the invisible things. Um, yes. So as a church, we want to be sensitive to those who are in the background, um, yeah. is what you're saying. And um, also creating, uh, I like that word capture. You talk about capturing vision. I think we need to be listening to our fellowship and, and discerning and filtering what God is saying to us. Because um, we're a, if ever the Baptist church was a cathedral, we're quite similar in terms of we've got various sort of groups, ages, ethnicities, talents, gifts. Um, so we're quite broad in that regard, aren't we? And um, yeah, which is lovely. And one of the beauties, hmm. I think, of the church, um, there are there is a there's a picture at the, in one of the back rooms of the church of all the nations around Jesus Christ. Hmm. And as a child, I grew up looking at that picture, and I think it's still in one of the back rooms. And it's very true today mm. that we have such a broad sense of church, which mm. is wonderful. And we need to keep encouraging that yeah. um, because I think that is really is at the heart of what it's about. Mm. Fantastic. Well, Chris, you've really shared some uh, some really uh, special insights with us this evening, just reflecting back upon your baptismal text. Did you get to choose a hymn or a song for your baptism? Dare I Ooh. ask? I can't remember. I must have done. But uh, that most probably hasn't stayed with me as well. No doubt someone will let me remind me of what it was. At and uh, can I ask, who was the minister who baptised you? I was baptised by Rodney Sortel. Fantastic. And uh, it was a joy the other morning as I was driving along with Jane. We saw Rod and Margaret, his wife, walking up, up the Lexton Road. He's starting to struggle a little bit in his step. And we both turned to each other and said, he's on a pastoral visit. Yeah. And still visiting. That's fantastic. fantastic. And his ministry just goes on and on. Mm. And uh, we have been so blessed by... Margaret and Rod over so many years. Mm. Chris and Jane, thank you for the blessing you and your family are to CBC. Thank you for your service and thank you for the insights that you've shared with us. And uh, there's much for us to ponder on. And uh, I hope, well, I look forward to reading in focus your summary of this, the lost message of, um, of Jesus. So Chris, blessings, many thanks, my friend. Thanks, Terry. Take care.